Hey everyone, welcome back to Finance in a Flash. This week we bring back our investment expert Chip High Miller to discuss target date funds. We have a detailed discussion about these target date funds, the pros and cons to having them in your portfolio, and what to consider when choosing this type of investment. We really hope you enjoy this episode, and if you want more information about this podcast or our company, go to beaconfinancialstrategies.com. All right, let's go. All right, everybody, welcome back to Finance in the Flash. This week we have on Chip Highmiller again. It's been a little while. I would say a couple months at this point. I know Chip has been wanting to get back in the saddle for a while. Uh, Chip, how does it feel to be back? Oh, man, it is great. I'm so glad to be back. It's This is one of my favorite things to do. And, uh, man, I'm happy to be back. It's going to be fun. Well, Aaron hijacked the uh, podcast channel for a while. I think uh, <laughs> me and Aaron, Aaron and I recorded... I want to say six podcasts in one day. Mm. Uh, I think it was like six in one sitting, actually. So uh, we've been running those podcasts for a little while, and um, now we have Chip back on. And today we're going to be discussing um, target date retirement funds pretty in-depth, I would say. Um, and I think, well, let's actually just get right into it. So I guess, Chip, to, to start us off, could you give us a definition on, or in your words, what target date retirement funds are and where are they yeah. primarily used? Yeah, sure. I, I know that people, anyone who has a 401k plan, uh, they are very common in 401k plans. Um, and really what a target retirement date fund is uh, a fund that's really uh, has an investment strategy that is focused on a specific retirement date. And you'll recognize these funds because oftentimes they have names like Target Retirement 2035 or Target Retirement 2055. And, and really what that means is that this fund and the objective of the fund is really um, targeting a retirement date for that time. In other words, you expect as the investor to retire um, on in 2035 if that's the target of the fund. Yeah, so... I guess, um, so what would be, let's say there is a 2040 target date fund. What would that, I guess, be comprised of as, as far as a stock to bond mix? And how does that translate as far as the different years or, or core? I know different funds have like somewhat different objectives, but I guess, you know, as far as a 2040 fund versus a 2030 fund, how would those be different? Yeah, so normally a fund that has a... Um longer target date is going to have a more growth-oriented uh, investment structure. In other words, if, a, uh, uh, if you're investing in a target fund that has a 2040 target date, then you may have, you know, uh, 75 or 80 percent stock exposure um, and 20 percent bond exposure, whereas um, a fund that is uh, targeting a date that's closer, say a 2030 or 2035, may only have 60% stock exposure. And the idea there is that, you know, uh, an investor is, is has such a longer, a long time horizon on the longer targeted date that um, you can afford to take a little bit more risk within your investment strategy. Yeah, perfect. So, you know, as, as far as someone who wants to retire in 20 years per se would have a 2040 fund. And right now that might be, 80% stocks, 20% bonds, but over time, 
that decreases to a more level um, stock bond mix. And then ultimately, when you gear towards retirement, that would probably flip and it'd be 20% stocks and 80% bonds, correct? Yeah, that's right. And, and, and we call that the investment glide path. So if you think about it over time, your investment glide path should have, um, as you get closer to um, the targeted retirement date or whatever date that you have a goal, um, gradually your asset allocation, your stock bond mix should become more conservative to reflect the fact that um, you can't afford to uh, take as much portfolio risk the closer you get to that uh, the date that that um, goal is to happen. Be uh, Strictly because of the fact that that money is going to be relied upon soon and we don't want to be extremely aggressive and then see a 36% dip in the stock market like we did in, or 34% back in March of 2020. And then two weeks later, you're taking out, you know, three, 4% of your portfolio to fund some, some living expenses. That's just not an ideal strategy. It is not an ideal strategy. And it's one that, you know, people really want to avoid that, um, that type of mistake for sure. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I kind of want to dive in now into some, I guess, pros and cons or advantages and disadvantages of a 2040 fund. Now that we kind of have established what this retirement fund is, um, or a target date fund is, why would it be a good idea for people to use? And what are the advantages or the pros in using these funds? Yeah, I mean, there there's quite a few advantages, actually. So the biggest one is it's simple. Um, you know, really, it, it is a one step or one investment that can provide you with a an allocation that's pretty close to uh, an ideal uh, mix, right? So uh, it's simple. It's a one one investment, and when you invest in that investment, if you look behind the scenes, in other words, what a mutual fund is investing in uh, in the portfolio, it's diversified. So you know there may be mutual funds inside the target date fund that have, you know, an, a large cap U.S. exposure, international exposure, smaller companies, uh, different types of bonds. So you gain instant access to a diversified portfolio uh, that adjust over time. And that's a, that's a real advantage uh, for a lot of people, especially for those investors who may not uh, be fully aware of, uh, you know, a, a good alternative. Yeah. And, I would say also, I guess maybe you can, you know, speak to this a little more as far as the, I would say auto rebalancing is a big feature that we ask all of our clients to check or to look into. And we've talked about this on a, we have a previous 401k podcast. It's on our website as well. If you guys, anyone wants to listen to it, where we go in depth, you know, 401ks and the ins and outs of that. But it's important to have the auto rebalance feature in your 401k plan because if your target strategy, you know, or asset allocation, 70% stocks, 30% bonds in a year like 2020, that might be, you know, 80% stocks, 20% bonds now. However, this fund kind of rebalances and adjusts behind the, behind the scenes in accordance with its investment strategy, as well as your age as you near retirement kind of getting, uh, more conservative and, and really it's you know, like I said, it's on autopilot. There's nothing that you have to do. Yeah, that's right. And, um, and it makes it a great option for, uh, the vast majority of people who are, uh, at least know, okay, Hey, I'm going to retire in 2035 or 2040. And, and this investment is, 
has an objective that will align with that uh, expectation of retirement or, or other goals too. I mean, some people use these for college savings as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's a good point. We do, we see them in 401ks, but we've also, you know, seen clients use them in 529 plans as well. Education plans that they're, that target date is like when the child is going into college, 18 years old usually. So I think that that's a good point as well. They can be used there. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some reasons maybe why I think we, I think we've, you know, come to the fact that these are, you know, a good strategy, a good investment, but why might someone not want to choose this or what would be a few disadvantages of choosing a target date fund? Yeah. And there are, there are a few disadvantage or at least things to be aware of. Right. And, And a couple of things that we talk about is, you know, as the investment glide path becomes more conservative, uh, you have to think about the timing of that. So one of the things that we saw and, uh, and observed really uh, in the Great Recession back in 2008, 2009, was the simultaneous reduction of uh, stock bond exposure in the fund itself at the very time when the markets had taken a pretty big hit. And so it's just something you need to be aware of. And so you, you, you really, uh, when the markets take a huge hit like that, if you have a reasonable time horizon, then that's the time to, uh, you know, increase your stock exposure or at least maintain a steady stock exposure. And so I feel like that's something just to be aware of. The other thing uh, that's important uh, to me, and this is something you and I, Nick, talk about a lot, is that all target date funds are not the same. Mm-hmm. So you can have a fund, you know, let's say Vanguard target uh, 2035 fund versus the T. Rowe Price target date 2035 fund. And they're very different if you look inside them. So the Vanguard 2035 fund right now has about a 75% stock exposure and 25% bond exposure. Whereas the T. Rowe Price fund, uh, the very same target date, has an 85% stock exposure and only a 15% bond exposure. So those are funds with uh, supposedly similar investment objectives, but they're, they're carrying out that objective in a slightly different manner. So it's just something that you need to be aware of. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. And I think that kind of bleeds into one, I, I wouldn't say maybe a disadvantage, but I'd say a limitation of having a fund like this is that, let's say, I look, overall, I would like the 80% stock, 20% bond. But like you said, that different fund families, for example, T. Rowe Price, Vanguard, might get to the 80% stock portion in a different manner. But me personally... I would want 40% of my stock funds to be small cap, mid cap exposure. There's really, or there is no way to control that within that fund. What, when you select that fund, the funds within that fund are going to be the same, whether you like it or not. And really there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Yeah, that's right. And that's, you know, that's both a, an advantage and a constraint. Exactly. You're the type of person who understands and has a specific idea of how you want your portfolio invested then you can kind of execute that strategy with individual funds. This is really, target date funds are really for uh, the person who kind of wants to take a hands-off approach and, um, and, and, and know that, okay, there is a strategy that's being um, pursued that's pretty close to what uh, you're targeting. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a good point you brought up in the fact that it can be good and bad because it, it definitely limits emotion, right? I mean, a lot of people, you know, meeting with clients and, you know, even hear friends talk about, you know, their 401k stuff, the majority of people look at the 401k fund list and say, oh, these 
three or four funds have the best uh, return over the past one year, two year, three year, whatever it may be, five years. And we're going to pick these funds. And then maybe they have a down year and you're like, oh, I want to switch into these funds. That's not, you're kind of, you're chasing performance at that point. And that kind of, this really hamstrings that in the fact that you believe in hopefully the fund family that you chose, the management team behind that. And that that's really going to limit performance chasing as the really, I mean, you can look at the glide path of the fund. You can see what the asset allocation is now, and you can really see what it's going to be in 15 years, which again, I think that can be a pro if you're an emotional investor that really limits potential mistakes like that. It it really does. It takes out um, some of that decision making element. And that's what studies have shown, you know, the more choices that a person has, the more inclined they are to either A, make a mistake or B, do nothing. Yeah. And, you know, that's doing nothing is not a great alternative for someone who is 40 years away from retirement. Um, they really should be starting to accumulate uh, money and, and wealth and, and their 401k especially. And this is a good option for that. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think uh, one of the one of my final thoughts is that, you know, if you do have an advisor out there or someone who you trust to manage your investments, maybe have them. I think it's still important to take a look in, inside the fund. And because like we said, there the funds, it might be there's probably what hundreds, maybe thousands of uh, 2040 retirement date funds or 2030 retirement date funds. And they're all different. So I still think it's important to really go inside those funds and you can that's public information you can look at the fund fact sheet they call it the on that company's website or have your advisor do it and make sure that you know even though it is the year that you want to retire that the objectives are aligned with yours as well absolutely and one of the things that's an advantage of these types of funds within 401k plans is that there is an investment committee behind the scenes of most 401k plans that has their the participants uh objectives in mind and best interest in mind. So, you you know, ideally, this investment committee is selecting funds that are appropriate for the participants of the plan. And so there are, you know, there there is a group of people who evaluate these and monitor these. And, and it's, a, it's a one thing that's worth noting that you can have a little bit of confidence that if a, uh, you know, these target allocation funds or target retirement date funds or in a 401k plan that they've been evaluated and monitored and all that good stuff. That's, um, you know, should give people some peace of mind with this investment choice. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. And, and really that's, that's all I had on, on this topic. I think we covered it pretty well. And Chip, if there's any closing remarks you have, um, as it relates to these funds. One one other thing that I've seen, yeah. you know, I, you know, I'll just kind of remind people that just because uh, you, you this target date fund says you should have a specific investment objective, that doesn't mean that it, it perfectly fits you. And we hit on this a little yeah. bit, but but I've seen uh, a lot of people. I mean, younger clients. So you know, if if you're 30 years old and you still have 35 years until retirement. Uh, sometimes those clients have a risk profile that is not consistent with this investment objective of a, you know, 2045 fund. You know, it's, it's, so just know yourself and think about how uh, you might respond and that sort of thing. And, and, and 
and go from there because there are other alternatives. So e even though you you expect to retire in 2045, it may be appropriate that you have a uh, investment objective that has more bond exposure, and that's just dependent on your specific uh, tolerance for risk and and that sort of thing. You know how you're going to handle setbacks. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a great uh, that's a great final point, and you know. And really just looking into these funds, like you said, that, you know, even though you're 30 years old, your risk, you know, tolerance capacity might not be of the objective of a 2040 fund. So kind of keeping that in mind, it is important to still look at the details of these funds and the glide path overall. Absolutely. That's yeah. a good thing to, to good words of advice to adhere by. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> uh, Chip, thanks for joining us. Uh, Chip will be back. I think, uh, we're going to give Chip a few more episodes here. Aaron kind of hogged, uh, hogged the airways for a little bit. So, uh, and Aaron, hello. She loves to listen to, uh, other people talk than herself. So I know she's going <laughs> to listen to this probably later today. So, um, Aaron did a great job just letting you know. So, um, Chip, thanks for joining us and we will be back in a couple weeks with another episode. All right. Thank you, Nick. Thank you.